The Athletic. Hello, welcome back to 1874, a podcast all about Aston Villa Football Club. And before we get started, Greg, we just wanted to let listeners know all about the quiz that's coming up for every team which The Athletic cover, which of course includes the Villa. The winners of each quiz will go through to our grand final at the end of March, where there is a nice £1,000 up for grabs, and we will match this with a donation to Prostate Cancer UK. The quizzes will be hosted by the correspondent for that club, so Greg Evans, you're up for that, and you'll be able to team up with anyone in your household and play the quiz. Greg, you looking forward to this? I am actually, Dan, yeah. Host for the night, that's that's usually your job, isn't it? So, a, li- a little bit nervous. Hopefully, uh, you, you want to give me some tips in advance. I mean, to be honest, I'm a bit surprised you've been giving the gig over me, t- t- to be honest. <laughs> it, it is a surprise to me, so no, I'm not going to give you any tips at all. Well, I mean, I am the Aston Villa writer for The Athletic, <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be too surprised that, you know, I, The Athletic asked me to do Aston Villa-related things. That is true. The, the Athletic writer, but yet to be proved in a, in a verbal discourse. But yeah, it should, should be good, shouldn't it? Hopefully get some uh, ex-pros on board as well. It should be a good evening. Yeah, no, on, on a serious note, I'm really looking forward to it. Me and um, Holly Percival, who, who's a big Aston Villa fan and, and works for The Athletic as well. Um, we put together the questions in the last few days, you know, th- some some easy ones in there to keep the likes of you, Dan, who struggle with gen- oh, no, general no. knowledge, um, ticking over and, and then a couple of tougher ones as well. So, yeah, it, obviously, you know, it, it's going to be a really sort of fun, easy night and hopefully well, it'd be nice for me to to put faces to um, to some of the people some of the subscribers who who comment on the stories a lot and are very you know they're lovely in, in the comments and they're always praising mm. the work that we do and 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 just just to be you know a bit more social for the night rather than uh, uh just writing away for them yeah i'm going to join the quiz as well i quite quite fancy my chances to, to be honest i reckon i'm good at a villa quiz i've got weird uh, knowledge of villa if i'd fancy myself greg to be honest yeah, well, look, you know, even even the the um, the supporters that think they know everything about the club, there's going to be some curveballs in there, uh, so it's going to be a little bit difficult. And the format of the quiz, which which you'll see, um, also makes it a little bit tougher as well. So okay, I won't give too much away, but it's really fun. You know, I've gone through it, and and it's a really really good format, and I'm looking forward to playing um, some of the other some uh, you know some of the other quizzes as well for for the other clubs. Uh, you know, test up look. My knowledge isn't going to be as high as it is for Villa uh, on the likes of Man United and, and Liverpool and stuff, but I'm going to give them a go. Well, if you're not already signed up to The Athletic and you fancy a bit of quiz action, you can sign up to a free 30-day trial. All you've got to do is go to theathletic.com slash PCUK and register to play. That's theathletic.com slash PCUK. You'll get a free trial of all Greg's excellent content and all the other writers, and you'll be able to take part in the quiz as well. Greg, I imagine you've woken up this morning like me, still not being able to work out how Villa took absolutely nothing away from Turf Moor last night. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yes and no, really. I mean, look, it was difficult at the time to believe how Villa let that game get away from them. Um, I was kind of scratching my head in, in, in the Turf Moor press box thinking, you know, what the heck, what, what's actually happened here? But, you know, I've, I've also seen Burnley under Sean Dice over the years do that to many, many teams. And I think in the end, they bullied Villa a little bit, didn't they? Mm. You know, the second second half, it just wasn't... Just wasn't the same. Um, Burnley made the right change at half time to, to cut to cut out the you know the midfield flow. Um, and Villa, if the series are going places this season, will need to learn from that experience. 
I mean, yeah, Burnley deserve massive credit. I actually really like Burnley. I'm, I'm not going to dig at Burnley at all. They're very good at, at what they do. They don't do anything illegal. People that are knocking them, I think, they need to take a look at themselves a little bit because I, I like Burnley. I like Sean Dyche. I think considering the money they've spent, they've done incredible. And like you say, they just bullied Villa in the end and they've took four points off us from two games without having to do a fat lot, really, haven't they, Greg? Yeah, look, they'll be pleased with the, with the points all over the two games. I think you know, Villa have been the better side overall in both of the games. They've created 41 chances um, home and away and only scored two goals. Um, so, look, you know, it's obvious that, that they're, uh, they're the issues. I, I spoke to Dean Smith after the game and, and I said to him, I said, do you do, does your team need to discover a ruthless streak? And when I asked the question, I was I was kind of thinking, mm, yeah, I don't, don't know if I really think that myself because you know they have won nine games out of eighteen this season, and 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 that's a um, a brilliant start to the season. And and that's kind of what Smith said back to me. He said, look, you know, if if you don't have a ruthless streak, if we haven't got a ruthless streak already, then we wouldn't have won so many games already this season. And to be fair to him, he was right. But I do think that Villa do need to start putting some more of their chances away because, let's be honest, I mean, you know, I think we both agree they, they should have had more points already this season with the amount of chances they've created. Yeah, I still look at maybe only the Leeds game and look at that and think, yeah, we deserve to lose that. But all the others, really, Villa could have walked away with something in every game that they've lost. It wouldn't have been unjust for them to have got something at City last week. You think of Old Trafford as well. Villa have, Villa have had chances to, to get more points, but, but last night they missed chance after chance. I mean, I read your piece this morning and the expected goals, Villa at 2.35, Burnley at 0.52, and they've, they've lost the game 3-2. It's, it's unbelievable, really. Yeah, it is. It's tough, isn't it? It's hard to... It's hard to put into words sometimes. I mean, you know, over the years, I've seen Villa go to places and and not score, not have a single shot on goal and win. Exactly. Um, I, I remember at Hall City, I think one one year when an own goal did the job for Villa. So look, games can can go all kind of ways, can't they? Um, I think the most exciting thing about Villa is that they're creating chances. Um, they're entertaining the public, you know, they're entertaining their own fans. Um, and look, you know, I think I think me and you have spoke about this before. It seems to be so much football on the TV at the moment, doesn't there? But, you know, the, the wider world enjoy watching Villa at the moment. Yeah. And, 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 and if there's a game, you know, which involves Villa... Um, they typically tend to watch that game ahead of others because they know there's always going to be drama in that game. So, look, it's no consolation that there was five goals and three of them were for Burnley last night to Villa fans. But I just think that this season um, there's still so much to play for. I think that I think that Villa have got a lot of games to put it right, and and I'm confident in this team now. I believe that they will put it right. I believe that they're battle hardened. Um, I believe that they won't dwell on these de- on this defeat, and and that they'll move on. And and I actually think it'll be an easier game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, obviously Southampton have already beaten Villa once this season. Danny Ings did some damage and he's back in the side now. But I, I do know what you mean. It's the kind of game, Burley, doesn't really suit Villa because I, I guess physicality probably isn't one of our, our strong points. But some of the football in the first half, like you've just alluded to, it was absolutely mouthwatering. It's arguably the best first half of the season. I thought some of the football, I'm, I sound like I'm going over the top here, but I honestly thought it was scintillating. I thought it was sensational. Yeah, I mean, no, look, it was brilliant and, and it was... Um, it was everything that Burnley were 
but with bells and whistles on it as well. You know, they were it, there was so much creativity. The way I thought, I, I fancied Villa every every time they went forward to score. Mm. You know, the Traore was here, there, and everywhere. Grealish was running riot. Watkins was doing what he does every week, holding the ball up well and bringing others into play. Ross Barkley still not quite at it, but he's going to take you know, time. He, yeah, I think I think we need to be a bit patient. Maybe he's been out for a while. He's at a new club. I think we all know his qualities and, and that in time he's going to become a decent player for Villa. Um, not a decent player, an important player for Villa. Uh, you know, again, he hit the crossbar, didn't he? Traore had a couple of good chances. Matt Target was getting forward, fancy flicks and all sorts. Cash was getting forward. Um, it looked like it was only going to be a Villa win at that point. And then fair play to Sean Dyche. You know, he, he got his tactics right, changed the midfield and, and then it all turned around. Yeah, I really think Barkley is one of those players that he needs a run of games till you see the best of him. I think obviously he's been chucked straight in because he's he's one of our better players. I think that's clear for everyone to see and the difference he's made when he first came into the team. But he needs a run of games. I think he's one of them ones that struggles a little bit when he's not fully match fit. And at the moment, Greg, I don't think he is fully match fit. It's been a tough period for him, hasn't it, since coming to Villa? He, he, he came straight away and there was the 7-2 success against Liverpool. That was great. Um, th- then the 3-0 win at Arsenal, he was brilliant. And then from there on, he, you know, it's been it's been nursing that, that hamstring injury. And his hamstrings have caused him problems over the years. And it, it must be difficult if you've been out for a period, you know, to come straight back in. We saw John McGinn, didn't we, last season? After, yeah, exactly after the his, same. Yeah, after you know, after his ankle injury, um, wasn't quite the same player when he came back. And look, you know, I mean, you can understand why it is because if a player feels slightly fragile, that they're, they're not, they're just not one hundred percent confident. So I believe Barkley's going to be a big player for Villa still. I think he's going to score goals. I like his driving runs from midfield. You know, I've seen those in, in the early days um, of this season when he came in, and I think when he gets going, Jack Grealish will be a very happy man because he's going to get so much more free. Him as well. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. It was a really weird game in a lot of ways. Was I think if you play that game nine times out of ten, Villa go in at halftime, maybe two or three up, and, and the game's over. But they didn't. They went in one nil up. A lesson in, in taking chances, really, and staying switched on. I mean, Burnley scored a, the second one was an absolute fluke. Again, I think nine times out of ten, that, that probably doesn't happen when the cross comes in, and that, that got them back in the game. But... Villa can take a lot of positives away from last night, but there is also those those negatives, isn't there? Yeah, Dan. But I mean, you know, that, that's all it is. You know, they haven't failed in anything yet. It's no. just they need to they need to learn and uh, from this and move on. You know, it's it, uh, it's the first time this season that Smith's come out after the game and said that he's disappointed in his side. So to make it to the eighteen game stage and for him to say that is you know a, a good achievement for the team. So. Um, th- th- 
The second goal was annoying. You know, it was a fluke. The other two goals in between, you know, we can pick up, we can pick them apart. Villa marking zonally or part zonally, what, whatever you want to call it, from set pieces against Burnley probably isn't the right fit. They probably needed to go man for man, didn't they, against Burnley and, and yeah. just stop, cut off the threat. Um, I think we saw Barkley and Louise lose me for the first goal and. Yeah, you know, you know, every time Burnley put a ball into the box, then it was panic stations. And the third goal was a brilliant header from Chris Wood. Okay, Mings, I think, has run off him because he's trying to occupy the runner into the box, and that's left target with a one-on-one on on Wood. And you, there's always going to be one winner there. And yeah. Okay, it was a it was a it was a long way out for a header, but it was a really good Chris header. Wood, but Chris Wood's good at that, isn't he? And um, Emmy Martinez probably will be a bit frustrated that he didn't get didn't get on the end of it but I'm not going to criticise that man one bit because he's been absolutely brilliant this season no I mean I genuinely wouldn't swap Martinez for, for any keeper in the world at the moment again I know that sounds over the top but I honestly no, think I he's, that he's that good mm. but to be fair Bernie's keeper wasn't bad last night either was he Nick Pope he had a great game <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I, was, I was putting out a tweet at one point saying this is this is becoming a, a tale of the two goalkeepers. I think it was just after Martinez had made a really good save from yeah. Chris Wood and then Villa went up the other end and, and Pope made another good save, but then Grealish scored and I thought, ah, I don't need to stick that tweet out now. Villa, Villa will go on and win this game quite comfortably after they took the second lead. But yeah, just just very very strange second half. Um, really didn't expect that. But in the you know grand scheme of things, I've seen Burnley do that so many times. So you know, looking back, really, it's not a massive surprise. No, I mean we haven't seen Burnley score three goals too many times. I guess that's the thing as well. It, it feels like a bit harsh to write it off as a fluke, but I'd wager you that Burnley won't score three goals in a, in a game again this season. Ooh, that's a that's a shout, Dan. <laughs> Honestly, I genuinely um, think that. I bet they haven't scored three before either. Well, no, there was a stat going round before the game that they'd only scored, uh, they'd only been thirteen goals at Turf Moor this season, and then you know to get another five in one game sort of shows it all. And that, I mean, that's just, as I say, it's no consolation, but that's just another sign of how entertaining Villa games are at the moment. There always seems to be some drama, doesn't there? Yeah, you know, whether that's good or bad, we'll leave that open for debate. But certainly, I think supporters you know, in the wider football world are, are, are slowly starting to adopt Villa as their second team. Yeah, I need a second team because Villa are obviously providing that joy for for a lot of neutral fans at the moment. Solly or Moore's Solly or Moore's on the one, mate. They, they don't get on the telly very often. but Exactly, I need them on the telly at the moment, mate. That's, kind of, that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the big problem. It needs to be I someone think, that's I on think the you telly. Can, stream, can you stream the games in the National League? I I'm have sure not can. got a clue. I mean, I'm keeping a special little eye on Swansea now since Conor Harahan went there and obviously he got on the score sheet. That's not for Swansea, which was great to see. But yeah, I need, I need a. There's Premier League teams that I like watching, but I don't think at the moment there's a Premier League team playing in the same manner as Villa, if that makes sense. I'm liking Leicester at the moment. I'm really. Yeah, they're the only ones. They're the only ones that are close. I like their midfield. Similar to Villa in a way. They've got a nice balance, haven't they, Mm. between defence and attack. You know, Madison and Barnes look a real handful. Um, You know, I always like watching Jamie Vardy, although he hasn't been among the goals recently. I'm liking Leicester a lot. Think that they've got a they've got a big chance this year at the top four. Yeah, and if Villa are to have a chance of pushing towards the top six, which I still think should be the target, they need to not have too many more nights like last night, don't they? Of course not. And and you know you look at the run of results over the last sort of five six game period and two wins three defeats. Not great, but look, I think Villa's I think Villa's points haul so far is is very impressive and pretty sure it'd be more than Dean Smith and and his coaching team and his players would have expected so they're ticking along nicely for me Dan you know I think I think they're ticking along nicely I think that I said in 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 the Q&A that 
the end of this week, we'll know sort of how serious Villa's top six, maybe even top four uh, pushes by the amount of points that they've got from Newcastle, Burnley and Southampton. I said if they could get six, seven or nine points, then there's a real big chance. So it's all riding on this weekend for me. Yeah, there was some positives last night. Obviously, we were a great outfit to watch. Watkins scored again. Love a finish like that. It was such a clever finish and a great ball in from target. Jack had been a while without a goal as well and he got back on the, on the score sheet with with a nice goal. So there, there was positives, wasn't there? Yeah, I'm enjoying watching Watkins now. He's got a smile on his face. It seems that that goal against Newcastle just took the pressure off him a bit, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, And, um, you know, to go and get back-to-back goals, he's... he's, uh, he's bread and butter isn't it for the strikers so he'll be happy he's he's uh his numbers are looking really impressive now i wrote earlier in the week that i didn't think villa necessarily needed a striker um <laughs> like most of the like most of the villa supporters and, and people that follow the game um it fluctuates doesn't it from, from game to day, game to game I, I come away from the newcastle game thinking ideally it would be nice for villa to have a striker but they definitely don't need a striker because watkins is going to play every game He's the only striker in the Premier League to have played every single minute. If for any reason he gets suspended or injured, there are actual backups there. And the support line around him is very strong. The likes of El Ghazi, Trezeguet, Barkley, yeah. Sanson coming in, um, Traore. But now, now, after last night, I kind of feel if there was a striker on the bench that you could turn to, that you could really trust. And look, you know, that that man might be Wesley in a few weeks' time when he's back. Um, then it might have made a difference last night. So, Is that I, all it is I, with Wesley? Two, two three weeks? He's, I'd have no idea how far away he is. Yeah, so look, the situation with Wesley at the moment is that he's back in training, non-contract training with the group. You ask anybody who has been out for a long spell, Getting back in amongst the group is the you know the real the real key date. He's there now. In, you know he's got a few more painful hours as, as Dean Smith described it, but it's 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 getting it's getting very close now, and hopefully he'll 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 jump back into full training at some point, possibly get an under twenty three game under his belt, um, and and then be available for selection. So I think the thinking at Villa is that they don't need a striker right now because. They, you know, Wesley deserves his shot. They paid twenty-two million pounds for him. He was the record signing. Um, his numbers were slowly starting to stack up before they, um, before he got injured over a year ago. So if he can come back and do a job, you know, it's, it's twenty-two million pounds invested. I think you'd probably agree with me, Dan, wouldn't you? That the most sensible option for Villa would be to go and get another loan striker and, and probably send Keenan Davis out on loan. And then you've got maybe a nice mix of Watkins, Wesley and, and the loan player. But whether that will happen or not, I'm not sure. I feel a bit sorry for Keenan because I've got to be honest, being, being totally honest, when he came on last night, I think he came on and he gave the ball away three or four times in the short space of time that, that he was on the pitch. I mean, he's fine a losing battle coming on with, with that long left anyway. But I was just sitting there thinking... You're bringing him on, but he's, he isn't going to score. I actually think he's one of those players that's better and more useful from the start of games, but he isn't going to start. I think as an impact sub, I don't, I don't think he's going to be enough. I'm, I'm, I, that's just how I feel. I, I want him to be. I really like him as a player, but I just don't think he's going to be enough. And I can see us playing without a striker, to, to be honest. I, I'm like you. I fluctuate a bit with whether we need to bring someone in or not. I could see Triore playing through the middle if Watkins was injured and having all the talent around him, and I think we'd still be dangerous. But there's just nothing to turn to on a bench on a game like last night and there's, there's still half the season left. You need something to turn to, Greg. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's what it is. It's that it's needing that game changer, isn't it, from the bench? I mean, maybe you know, if Sanson comes in and, and plays ahead of Barkley, then you know, or, or likewise, it's bringing one yeah. of those two on yeah, to, like to potentially change the game, isn't it? I still think if Keenan Davis starts a game, um, and then you have the likes of say Sanson or Barkley, um, and then Grealish and and Traore or El Ghazi, as the three behind, I still think that could work. You know, I think he, I think, okay, he, he, his first touch was pretty poor last night, but that's a one-off for Keane. And, you know, he's, he's still looking for that ball from his first touch of the game. I think if he, if he has to start a game, then I don't necessarily see that being a massive weakness for Villa. Okay, Ollie Watkins sets the tone, but Villa can adapt and still play in another way. They can still play a game of football with Keane Davis as the focal point. That's what I was trying to get across in, in the story that I wrote last week. The message out of Villa for the whole month so far is that they won't be getting a striker. So if something changes now, it's you know it's a decision they've made in the last few days of the window. But the issue they've got around that is if for some reason they did get a striker, they've got to then convince him that he's going to play. And Watkins plays every single minute of every game. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I do think Sanson will make a difference. I mean, you were looking around for someone to change a game last night, and I thought, yeah, fine, bring Trezeguet and El Ghazi on. They've both been good this season when they've been in games. I've been pleased with them. I think that that's a better sub duo than it would have been this time last year. I'm, I'm happy with that. But when your midfield gets tired, obviously they were losing. They're not going to bring the camber on when, when they're losing. In-game substitutions was, was a hot topic last night. But like you said, Sanson will make a difference because if he's starting... It means we've got a better impact player from the bench to come on, either Barkley or McGinn. They can come and change the game. Or he's coming off the bench and he's an astute player by the looks of things. So that will improve things, won't it? Yeah, totally. And I, and I, th- I do think Villa's attacking options on, on the whole are, are pretty strong. You know, you've also got Jacob Ramsey in there who, who, who's made a few appearances this season. He could turn out to be the wild card as well. You know, if, I mean, look, he was so close to scoring at Man City, wasn't it? But for, but for brilliant defending from, from yeah. Diaz, um, you know, it's, it's Jacob Ramsey's first goal and then, you know, he might kick on from there. So. It's interesting and, and I'm not too concerned at this moment in time. I feel, look, if, if results don't pick up, you know, if, if Villa go on a, on a difficult run of games, we might be looking back in a few weeks' time thinking, yeah, maybe they should have got a striker. But right now, I'm quite confident that results will continue in, in the same trend as they have throughout this season. Yeah, I think I'd rather seen Ramsey come on last night than Keenan, to be honest. I, re- I really like his impact when he comes off the bench, but there's a reason that people like me and you are not football managers. So <laughs> we trust Dean Smith. He's done a great job so far this season. Just a, one last thing on a Burnley game. Actually, I read your article, as I said, this morning. And I went. I don't usually go through the comments 
but I actually really enjoyed going through the comments because it seemed sensible. I mean, social media and YouTube and stuff were an absolute cesspit last night. It was absolutely horrendous. But then I was quite pleased when I, I read your article, some of, some of the comments from readers. I'm just going to read this one out from Ian C. I thought, I thought it was really a valid point for us to discuss. He says, we are a finely tuned purring machine when all is going our way. We showed great resolve to get that second goal. It was as though we were insulted that Burnley had dared to equalise. It was at that point a confident control display. But dare I say, after Grealish scored, we became a little bit arrogant. What do you make of that? I just thought you'd made raise some interesting points. Yeah, that's a it's a really articulate comment from from Ian. Um, I, I love reading the, the 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 comments that come through on the Athletic because I feel like the the supporters that are subscribers are really you know clued up and yeah. and sensible. You know, I feel like that they don't go overboard on on one win and and they don't go overboard during you know after a defeat it's it's very sort of reasoned and balanced and yeah i think i think that's a really nice way of putting things actually yeah, um I it's I, 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 maybe not arrogant I, I wouldn't i wouldn't use the word arrogant Compl- I don't, complacent I, yeah i think i think complacent would 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 make that the perfect sort of comment um i just felt like villa thought that not arrogant i just felt that thought that they got the job done and that they go on and win it but i got you know, a bit i thought that to be honest I thought, well, that- I'm, uh, you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in that stand and uh, full of Burnley, full of Burnley uh, journalists and, and supporters, you know, people that follow the club and, 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 and we're all talking saying, look, this is going to be an easy Villa win, isn't it? At, at half time, the, 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 the locals that were reporting on the game couldn't see a way back in for Burnley. They were, um, you know, speaking very highly of how Villa had come and, and took the game to them and sort of, you know, been by far the most inferior team out of the two. You know, it, it all changed in the second half, and it just shows you how difficult it is to get to get wins and goals in the Premier League, which is what I've said, you know, time and time again on this podcast. Yeah, I'll be definitely perusing the comments a little more often now because, as I say, it was it was very reasonable, and it, it, it was good to see. It was, it was a great read. Usually, like comments and articles and stuff are horrendous, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by, by what I saw underneath your article. So great stuff. Let's talk briefly about Southampton then we've touched on it a little bit they've stuttered slightly since beating Liverpool but they're one of the success stories of the season so far they're a really dangerous outfit is there any changes that you'd make because I think my math is correct that if Villa lose again that would be four in five that they've lost which isn't great whichever way you look at it yeah look you know four in five doesn't doesn't sound great does it I just I think there is still a bit of a bigger picture there I think yeah, the yeah, games sure. that Villa have come up against you know the teams Villa have come up against have been um, you know difficult d- difficult opposition Southampton are a team I, I really enjoyed watching in the first couple of months of the season they've they have slightly st- stuttered haven't they injuries have injuries have hurt them badly you know the, the, the wing best back, defenders uh, the, out yeah the best defenders out the wing backs are out you know they, they lost three of the four back line against Arsenal, so that that's that was always going to be tough. If Villa can go there and take advantage of that, then you know, then great. You know, the, the, I I actually think this will be an easier game than the Burnley game. I said that before the Burnley game, and I quite fancy Villa to go there and do a job. I just think that maybe they just need to tighten up a little bit, go back to that back to basics, almost what was working so well at the start of the season, that desire to keep the ball out the net, and and they'll be all right. Yeah, I don't think we'll be in that white shirt either. I swear every time we've wore that white shirt, we've lost this season. <laughs> I, know, I know it means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things, but I just felt like that shirt's a little bit cursed at the moment in the league. I know they're winning the cup in it, but I'm sure in the league we've lost every game when we wore that shirt. So let's get ourselves into the black away kit for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's it's lovely as well, isn't it, that black away kit? I really I like, like that one. To be honest, mm. I didn't like all the shirts this season when I first saw them, but I've got them all. And I actually really like them now. They're all really good. 
Yeah, I, I really like black kits. You know, I love the the PSG all black kit as well. That's I think that's really nice. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of black kits. Yeah, maybe next week we'll do a, t- a top three kits because you have set me a task. <laughs> three, three black kits. <laughs> yeah, you've set me a task with the top three again. I'm starting to feel the pressure a little bit with this segment now, especially after Reading Gate last week. Although thank you to the one or two people that agreed with me that Reading is a great night out. So you've set me the task of top three celebrations and more, yeah. more difficult. You, you than can't. You, think. you can't use um, Shane Long, Kevin Doyle, Stephen Hunt. Nicky Shorey. Can't be no. any Reading players. No, I mean, none of them play for Reading anymore, Greg. Get, your, get, get up to speed. <laughs> it's not 2007, but no, I've not, none of them. And no goals against Reading either in terms of the celebrations. <laughs> I, I haven't really got an order for this, so I'm just going to read you the three as I came up with them in my head. So the first one, because I think it's quite funny, was Gary Gardner running the whole length of the pitch when he scored against Blues to celebrate with the Villa fans. And then obviously <laughs> a year or two later... He comes out and says that he's been this massive blue nose all his life. Well, why are you running the length of St Andrews to celebrate with the Villa fans, Gary? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I did that. think that at the time yeah, because yeah. I, that, that's a good shout. That is. I mean, I, I've interviewed Gary loads of times for, for for Villa and for Birmingham, and the question that I always used to ask him before he went to Birmingham was because I'd heard that he was a Birmingham fan. Was you know which, which team do you follow? But he always sort of straight batted it and said, "Oh, my dad used to take all five of us, five four brothers, um, to, to Villa and." Blues and so, so when he ran the length of the pitch, I thought, hmm, maybe he's a bit of a Villa fan after all. Yeah, I mean, the Gardeners support all the Midlands teams, I think it's, it's quite clear to see. But then when they sign for one, it's like they've been boyhood fans their entire life. <laughs> and also, with that goal, I quite liked it. There was obviously going to be a bit of a problem because Villa needed a player to be in the Birmingham City half. And Yedinak was the only one that was switched on. And the Birmingham players were trying to push him over the halfway line so that they could kick off and take advantage of the Villa players celebrating because it was in Villa's half. So I quite liked that Yedinak was so astute in that situation as well. What a guy. A friend of the Athletic as well, Mele. Mele is. We love him, don't we? Yeah, friend of the 1874 podcast. One of the most serious interviews I think we've done with Yedinak. (laughs) Second one I wrote down, obvious one, Darian Atkinson with the brawler against Wimbledon. It's yes, just a classic. I thought this would. Be, I thought that would be your number one, to be honest, Dan. But it's yeah. just a classic coming out with Noddy Holder with the umbrella as well. It's just a nice, nice little touch, isn't it? The guy just looked like Noddy Holder that came out with the umbrella, <laughs> and it was such a good goal as well. A great celebration, iconic celebration, off the back of an iconic goal from Dalian Atkinson. That one that has to be in there. I think. I don't think any Villa fan wouldn't put that in their top three. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, look for me. That's the standout one, isn't yeah. it? That's the top one. Agreed. It, it's hard to beat that. that. I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, how can you ever, how can you ever beat that? Just, <laughs> just grabbing the brolly and holding it. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what happens to that guy because you probably didn't get done for running on the pitch. In those I think, days. Um, I think uh, the Birmingham Mail did an interview with him at one did point. That? Yeah, we'll, yeah, go, back, we'll yeah. go back and find that. See what not. not yeah, it's, it's, it's in it's in the archives somewhere. Okay. And then, as I say, it was in no particular order. It was just as they popped into my head. Last one, probably the weakest of the three that I've chosen. I was racking my brains, but I don't feel like we've got many iconic celebrations, if I'm being totally honest with you. But when Grealish scored his first goal for the club and he ran over to Tim Sherwood, it just felt like such a big oh, thing of, yeah. with Jack scoring at the time because we'd all been waiting for this lifelong Villa fan just to score his first goal. And the way he celebrated with Tim Sherwood, I think it just showed how much he, he loved and respected his manager at the time and what he'd done for him. It was, again, it was a nice goal. Horrible season. Probably one of the few good points of that season, to be fair. I just thought that was a, a nice moment and a nice celebration. 
Yeah, there's some good shouts there. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the only ones I, I thought of when I asked you the question was Albert Adoma and he's dancing. I thought you might oh, have squeezed him that. in there somewhere. No, I never liked it. <laughs> Did you not? No, I don't know why. I don't know why. I've got a thing about dancing when you score a goal. I don't like it. I don't know why. <laughs> I, really, I really don't know what it is, but I just every time I see it, I cringe a little bit. I don't, like, <laughs> the, I don't like dancing. The, the other one was um, was a game that I was at. It was when it was when Jack when Jack Grealish was punched by the Birmingham City fan, and yeah. um, and and then went and scored in that same game. And like you could just see like the raw emotion on his face um, and the way he jumped into the you know the away fans. And because you know when you when you're a Villa player at St Andrews and there's just like a you know a tiny little section of St Andrews, you, you feel it felt like Jack was just going over. To his dad for a big hug. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. that that little section of that little section of St Andrews were just hugging him and welcoming him and sort of just saying, "No, oh, you know, we'll take care of you. Don't worry about what's just happened," sort of thing. So that was the one that stood out for me. Yeah, I mean, his first career goal, he went and found his dad for Notts County, didn't he? That was a that was a nice. Moment, yeah, yeah. Sorry, his dad, his dad, his dad wasn't in the end. I meant what, what I meant. It was like it, it felt just like no, a, no, I know, you know a, a collective hug from yeah. the Villa fans, as if it was like his dad just giving him a big sort of you know pat on the back sort of thing, but. No, no, you, well, you've redeemed yourself, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. I like the Daily and Atkinson one. I think that's got to be number one, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think every Villa fan would choose that. I mean, my biggest takeaway from that segment is how much I miss seeing goals live at games with people because I just watch every Villa game on my own. And you celebrate when you score, but it's not the same watching it on TV. It's not the same as being at the ground. I miss celebrating goals with people. I mean, I miss people in general. I mean, you're at the games as well, but again, it must be really weird seeing no fans there. Yeah, no, it is weird. Look, goals are strange as well. And and, and still the whole VAR situation as well, yeah, isn't it? It feels help. like the players and supporters don't really know when to celebrate until, like, you know... <laughs> it's strange because every time there's a goal now, it's like everybody looks at the replay and thinks, oh, was there a push there? Did somebody do something? And it's, you can't really feel that full euphoria that you used to. But no, oh, no. Uh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure supporters will when they're back in the stadiums. And let's hope it's not too much longer. Yeah, the world's crap. There we go. Let's end, let's end on that happy note. <laughs> the world's crap at the moment. Greg, it's been good to talk to you. Obviously, great that you were at the game and be able to provide us with, with some insights. We'll be back with a podcast next week. The game, I mean, there's just too many games at the moment. Game Saturday, game Wednesday. Again, I imagine we'll be back after the Wednesday game next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Athletic subscribers, thanks for all your input as well. As I say, I really enjoyed going through the comments on Greg's article this morning. And yeah, take care of yourselves and we'll be back next week. Up the villa. The Athletic.